brought to you by the students of Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. I'm your host, Carrie Buckendale. First this morning, one in six children has a developmental disability, a diagnosis that can lead to a lifetime of therapies, specialists, medicines, and more. It can be overwhelming, and that's where the Anchor of Hope Foundation comes in. Hi, my name is Mariah Germany, and today I'm going to be interviewing Carrie Owens with Anchor of Hope. This foundation helps people with disabilities that might need assistance. Let's get straight into the interview. Okay, I'm just going to jump right in. Okay. So, what is Anchor of Hope's cause, and what are they hoping to achieve? So, Anchor of Hope is a nonprofit that helps families with developmental disabilities through support, um, financial resources, respite care, things like that. So, it was started when Steve and Debbie Harbin had a nonverbal autistic child and saw the need um, that people had um, to get resources for autism and other developmental disabilities. So right now we're providing um, a respite care program, our scholarship program, which allows um, a child who has a developmental disability to get up to 250 per year um, for anything from therapy, camp, equipment, um, sensory toys, anything that's gonna help them to thrive and help them move along. Um, and our ultimate goal is to just continue to reach out. Right now our scholarship program reaches the whole state of Georgia, but the ultimate goal one day is to maybe start a, um, a living facility where people with developmental disabilities can um, you know, live and work and learn life skills and things like that. So we have big goals and we're working slowly towards them. So you said that it's primarily set in Georgia. Is there any chance that maybe you'll be able to like grow out of the state of Georgia? Maybe another state we would love to have that happen we just have to have right now the funding that we have just allows us to focus in georgia but the more people hear about us and the more we partner with other people and the more donations we get we're hoping to just continue to expand as much as we can so we can help people out of state we do get a lot of out of state applications but currently we can't accommodate them okay so how can the community get involved with like finances or maybe volunteer work Yes, we always, always need volunteers. So because of COVID, we had to stop our Parents' Night Out program. Um, we're hoping to get back started um, January 7th is when we want to start back. So right now we have two church locations that allow us to do it, and it's New Providence Baptist Church in Forsyth and Ben Mount Zion in Macon. And um, we at New Providence were able to take about 25 kids with developmental disabilities along with their siblings and um, they come for three hours so the family can have some respite and go do whatever they need to do and we provide um, we have science projects we have arts and crafts we you know play outside we if they need we have one-on-one -on -one volunteering so usually when we talk about 25 kids we need about 25 volunteers and we do that once a month the first Friday of every month um, the Bid Mount Zion location can't accommodate as many people they usually take about 10 kids and so they need about 10 volunteers so um, basically, that is our biggest need with volunteers because we, we need so many people with that. And um, we are going to be posting a volunteer training video um, in December. So anybody who is interested, they can watch the video, kind of see what, what it's about. And so basically, when the volunteers come, we offer them dinner and we have a little meeting before the families come. And then from 6 to 9 p.m., 
we break off into groups and um, everybody just kind of hangs with their kids and, and does all the fun stuff. We also need volunteers for our Autism Awareness Festival that we also had to cancel because of COVID for the last two years. But we are looking forward to having it the last Saturday in April, which is April 30th. And that is just a big ordeal. It's, it's kind of like a mini Forsythia Festival, if you will. We have food vendors and um, arts and crafts and a kid's area. And we have a race that day. So we usually need about 50 volunteers for that um, in, in April. So there's a lot of opportunities for volunteering. And as far as um, becoming a donor, if you go to our website, anchorofhopefoundation.org, you can go to donate and you can become a friend of hope where you set up a, a once a month draft where you can be a friend of hope. And when you become a friend of hope, you'll get emails once a month of a child and a family that you've helped. So it's pretty cool to be a part of it that way. So going back a little bit about this festival, where exactly is it held? The festival every year is held at Day Spring Church in Forsyth, Georgia. So that's, um, I think the address is 1045 um, Highway. I'd have to look that up. I can't remember off the top of my head what the name of that road is, but it's in Forsyth. And Day Spring Church has been just so gracious in letting us use their grounds because they have a wonderful area outside, out front, where we're able to set everybody up. And then they also have a trail race around the church. So that's where we do our 5K trail race and family fun run. And so it's every year, the last Saturday of April, like I said, we did have to cancel the full festival. We had our race last year because we were able to social distance. But this year, we're already gearing up to have the food vendors and the stage. And we have a performer that comes every year who's um, autistic himself, and he travels across the southeast and performs. We have local people like um, the martial arts um, school and for site, they come out and do demonstrations. It's just really cool. And for vendors to be a part of that, it doesn't cost anything. We just ask for if they want to give a $25 donation, they can. So it's a really good opportunity for vendors to get out there and get their their businesses or what they're trying to do out to the community. So besides the festival and the parents' night out, is there anything else that Anchor of Hope like can does to like help families in need? So our scholarship program is, is the biggest thing and that's year round. So, and we usually um, give about 25 scholarships per quarter um, in the year. So we're, we're going towards, and we probably will reach 100 scholarships by the end of the year that has been given to families across Georgia. So that's an ongoing thing. The application is on the website. Anybody can apply and, you know, they're going to get me, which um, I'll let them know if we need anything else. And the board votes once a month on the scholarship. And if it's a yes, then we provide that financial support for them. We also have um, a charity motorcycle ride um, with the Biker Bros out of Warner Robins. That had to be canceled this year due to COVID, the outbreak that happened kind of mid-year, um, put the brakes on that. But that usually happens um, in the fall, and um, you can join the ride, and it starts in Forsyth and goes to Warner Robins. And we've had a really good um relationship with them and then our golf tournament at river forest country club um is every columbus day so we just had that it was hugely successful we had almost had a full house raised enough money to continue our programs and continue to support people through scholarships okay and for my final question what inspired you personally to get, to get involved with anchor of hope so i have um a handicapped brother and sister that were never diagnosed. They're not twins. They were born four years um, apart from each other, and they didn't really ever find a diagnosis. Just around age two, they just started to see that there were issues. 
Um, and um, my sister Jeanette was just a year younger than me, and my brother Christopher was, um, so he was uh, five years younger than me. Um, so I grew up with them and I grew up with the struggles that our family faced without resources and finding, you know, people who just accepted and understood and school and, and all that stuff. And they, um, they ended up uh, having a, a pretty good long life. Um, Jeanette passed away at 30 and Christopher passed away when he was 25. And actually today is 11 years that he's been passed today to the day. So, um, I've just always had a heart for, for helping families with developmental disabilities because I've been through it. I also graduated from the University of Georgia with child and family development because I knew I always wanted to work with kids um, in some form to help them hospitalize children or developmental disabilities. So um, my heart is just in it because of, of my family and um, the things I've seen. And it's been such a blessing. I feel like God literally put me at anchor of hope and he knew that this was my purpose and I just have so much passion for it and just so in love with how many people were able to help. I'm glad to hear that. That's a very sweet reason. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for coming to interview. I really appreciate it. Another group helping our Monroe County students is the school counselors. Today, we'll hear from three elementary school counselors on ways they work with our kids. Hello, my name is Caitlin and I'm here with Ms. Allen. Hey, my name is Ashley Allen and I'm a school counselor for Monroe County Schools. Thank you so much for your time today, Ms. Allen. What schooling did you need to go through to achieve your job position and which colleges do you suggest to go to to achieve that? Okay, to become a school counselor, you must have a bachelor's degree and then get a master's degree in school counseling. I have a bachelor's degree from Georgia Southern University in early childhood education. Mm -hmm. um, I got my master's degree in school counseling from Georgia Southern as well. Georgia Southern has a really great education program, so I would recommend anyone interested in becoming a teacher or a school counselor going through Georgia Southern to get their degree. I also went to Port Valley to get my specialist degree after many years of teaching. Was there anything specifically that influenced you to be a school counselor? Uh, what influenced me to be a school counselor? I've always known that I wanted to work with children. So I started off as a teacher and I loved that job, but I wanted to be able to work with children closer, more on an emotional level and help them in smaller groups. So that is what influenced me to go back to school to become a school counselor. How do you use your role as a counselor to support the teachers and students in your environment? My job as a, as a school counselor is to be an advocate for all children. Um, I team up with the teachers to find the best way to educate and teach children to be successful academically, personally, and socially, and in their future career. Do you have a favorite part about being a counselor? My favorite part of being a school counselor is being able to work with different children and the relationships that I get to build with these children and their, and their families. I have many children that I've worked with, their older siblings, their cousins, and so it's just really nice to see that continuation and getting to know the whole family. General, what's the most challenging part of your job? Challenging part of my job is, of being a school counselor is the fact that there's only one of me to over 700 kids. I just feel like it's hard for me to have enough time to be able to address all of the needs of all my students. So if there was more time in the day, that would greatly help. Also, last question, but what does a typical day look like as a counselor at your elementary school? Question to answer because there's really not a typical day. As a school counselor, I could be doing a little bit of everything um, from day to day. 
But a perfect day, a perfect day for a school counselor would be able to teach classroom core curriculum lessons where we teach like character traits and things like that to several classrooms. I'd be able to do groups on different topics such as grief or anxiety, different things like that. And then be able to meet with individual students who might need my help with different things. So that's what a typical day would look like for a school counselor. All right. Thank you so much, Ms. Allen, for your time. Thanks for asking me these questions and for listening to me today. Thanks. Bye. Have a great day. What is your name and what do you do for KB Sutton? Okay. My name is Melissa Smith and I am the school counselor um, at KB Sutton. So I work with children in pre-K all the way through fifth grade, work with teachers, work with parents. What kind of schooling did you go through to be where you are right now? So I actually um, earned a bachelor's degree in early childhood education, and I taught kindergarten for four or five years, and I taught third grade um, for four years. Um, during that time, I earned a master's degree in um, school counseling, and so then I became um, a counselor. I want to say this is my maybe like 13th year as a school counselor, um, and then I did earn my specialist degree in special education, but I've not taught that yet. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> Um, what inspired you to be a counselor? I actually started out um, wanting to be a nurse. And I did some volunteer work at Central State Hospital. And if you're not familiar with that, it is a, it is a hospital, um, a special hospital where children that have um, like extreme medical diagnosis um, would would go to help them like overcome behavioral issues, um, you know, and, and to help get them on like a, a normal, you know, normal medication schedule to help them um, increase their social skills, self-esteem and things like that. So during that time, I decided that I, I couldn't really do blood or like bodily fluids, but I knew that like working with these children and helping in the small group counseling and things like that. Back when I was in college, I knew I always probably wanted to be a counselor. So I went ahead and, and got my degree in early childhood education. And then I, like I said, I taught um, kindergarten, third grade. And as I worked with those children, I just had a desire to, to continue to work with them like on another level, because as a teacher, I mean, it's, I mean, you, you play a lot of roles, you do, but you, you can't fully, you know, be a counselor or, you know, and so I decided that if I could just work with children, maybe individually and in small groups and, you know, work with families, uh, you know, to help them, you know, get, you know, gain some of these social skills that they need, um, you know, and, and improve their just emotional state. That, that was just rewarding to me. So mm -hmm. I moved forward with that dream and still yeah. loving my job. <laughs> um, do you enjoy your job or do you wish to have gone another route? 
I do enjoy my my job. I feel like probably with most jobs, you always you always probably do more than what your specific job entails. So I I don't get to, and this is an elementary setting. So I don't get to really probably do as much individual counseling as I would would like, um, because at an elementary level, I spend more of my time in classrooms doing like classroom guidance sessions, you know, just working with the whole class. Mm -hmm. And then I do work with small groups of kids um, I always say that eventually I would love to move to a different level so I could really do some of, um, some of that individual counseling that I haven't gotten to do as much. Yeah. Um, what is a day in the life of a counselor like? Ooh, okay. <laughs> it's different every day. Um, so I would say, I mean, Talking to parents, definitely on the phone, meeting with children individually, um, being interrupted by a child that has a, an extreme issue that needs to talk right then, um, visiting with outside agencies to help support families, um, meeting with teachers to help to support their children that have behavioral problems. Um, you know, it, it just changes every every day. Um, but it, so no days, no two days are the same. But, <laughs> I mean, each brings its own, you know, interesting details. <laughs> Do you feel like you're successful with your job? Mm. I think, I think everybody probably doubts their success at times. However, when I see that I have made a difference, you know, mm -hmm. in the life of a child or I've helped support a family that needed it and, and you actually see the fruits of your labor, then, you know, you know, you made that difference. Sometimes when you go a while and you don't see that, um, you know, you know that you're, you're doing all you can to make that difference. But sometimes, you know, when you don't see it daily, you know, you, you wish you did. So. Um, I think this is the last question. Okay. Um, Thanksgiving and Christmas are coming up. Is there anything special that you do for the kids as a counselor? So a couple of things. Um, actually, we are having a canned food drive um, here at school. And so I believe it'll start next week and it'll run all week. And we kind of make it into a competition, um, you know, for the homerooms. Mm -hmm. And so they bring in non-perishable items, you know, canned food items, things like that. Even um, they can even bring in personal hygiene items as well. And then we take all of those donations and we give them back to our families here at KB Sutton, you know, in need. Our children that might participate in our Backpack Buddies program. So we give all of that back to them. And so that's um, helpful. We also have what we call um, an angel tree. You're probably familiar with something like that at Mary Persons. And so we, um, many of our children that receive our backpack buddies are a part of that program, but we identify those children in various ways. Sometimes, you know, teachers help us identify them because they, I mean, they're in the classroom with them every day. 
and then we provide support um, to those families. We work on getting sponsors and then provide Christmas gifts, um, you know, for those children mm-hmm. with our sponsors. So we do those those things for our children during the holidays. Yeah, I remember that in elementary school. Yeah, yeah. And so we have, I mean, our teachers sponsor children. Sometimes we have parents that offer. A lot of times we have community, you know, members, businesses that offer to to sponsor children. And so we're blessed to have a, a parent coordinator um, here at KB Sutton, Miss Brandy Pye. And so she and I work together very closely to to hopefully try to meet the needs of all of the students, you know, that need something. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, that's all I have. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you are so welcome. If I can help again, you call and let me know, okay? Yes, ma'am, I will. All right. Thank you, Mackenzie. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Who are you and what do you do? I'm Valerie Jackson, and I'm the school counselor at T.G. Scott Elementary School. What made you want to become a counselor? Um, Many years ago, I served as the youth minister uh, for my church, and in working with young people, I spent an awful lot of time in their schools, at their games, and their community activities, and many of those students were struggling academically, and they were also struggling with basic life skills. So I wanted to help them to be successful in every area of their lives. As I visited their schools, one of the school counselors mentioned to me um, that I should pursue uh, a degree in school counseling. So I did, and here I am today. What's your job as a counselor at T.G. Scott? As a school counselor at T.G. Scott, I support students academically, socially, and emotionally. I teach school counseling lessons, including lessons on study skills, conflict management, self-control, personal body safety, friendship, kindness, and many other lessons. And sometimes teachers will uh, request that I come and talk to their class about a particular topic as well. I also provide small group counseling uh, for students who might need a small group setting to work on something like anger management um, and also provide individual counseling, one-on-one counseling with students. I collaborate with teachers, with parents, and also outside agencies. What is your favorite part about being a counselor at TGS? One of my favorite things is, as a school counselor, is working with students and their families. I have, we have parents who are not comfortable uh, being in the school setting. And I liked bridging that gap between school and home. What is the most challenging thing about being a counselor at an elementary school? Uh At the elementary school level, counselors have a lot of other duties and responsibilities that involve paperwork, a lot of paperwork. So this takes up a lot of time um, that we could potentially be spending in the classroom or doing small group classes, just paperwork, and, and I know it's necessary, so that's fine. What level of education was required for you to become a counselor? Um, in order to become a school counselor, if anyone is pursuing an um, interest in school counseling, you have to earn a master's degree in school counseling, and you also have to take your state test. What does a day in your life as a counselor look like? 
I guess it really depends on the day of the week. Um, I generally arrive early, unpack my things, and I try to get into the hallways to meet students as they enter the building. If I don't have a meeting that day, I generally check my emails and my phone messages and return messages. Um, from there, I proceed with my morning schedule. It could be anything from classroom sessions, meetings, small group counseling, um, meeting with parents, outside agencies, um, and that's the first part of my day. I generally try to take a lunch break, just that 30-minute to myself time, um, and sometimes it doesn't happen. It's like a grab-and-go type thing, and then I finish out my day with whatever activities that I have. What's something fun and unique you do as part of your job? What's something fun and unique that you do as part of your job? I have the opportunity to work with all students in the building. You know, if you're a classroom teacher, you're pretty much teaching your class. You're working with your particular students. But I get to work with all 800 and something students at TG Scott, and I love it. Um, something that I do, I try to make my lessons fun. Depending on the lesson, I might wear my graduation robe, my Mrs. Potato Head outfit for the smaller kids. And, or my doctor's jacket, or I might use my bubble machine. A lot of the younger grades love the bubble machine. So that is what I do as a school counselor. Thank you. Community support is critical for the success of a school system. In Monroe County, we have amazing partners who are truly dedicated to the success of our students. In today's Partner Spotlight, we introduce you to a business involved in a range of school programs, including our coveted Teacher of the Year designation. All right, so I'm here with Jason and Holly Connell. Uh, they own Volume Chevrolet and Forsyth, and they're gonna just talk about their success. And first, first order of business, uh, how did you guys meet? Jason and I met in high school in Tifton. We started dating my senior year in 1993. Oh, okay, so high school sweethearts. Um, what inspired y'all to join the auto sales industry? Sales came naturally to me when I was 19. I had a friend that was in the car business and he had a demo and made good money and that appealed to me at that time. So I applied for the job in sales and never looked back. All right, so it sounds like you have a passion for it, had a built-in passion. Um, that's good, that's good. So uh, what made y'all choose Forsyth? The school system initially drew us to Forsyth. Our children were in ninth grade and third grade, and all of my research on the systems in this area led us here. The dealership was in Barnesville, but we knew we would build a new facility, and being right on I-75 was a big draw for us. I cannot argue with that. The school system is pretty great here, and that sounds like some pretty good marketing skills. Um, so. Two questions, uh, what is the key to success in your industry and also just entrepreneurship in general? The biggest key to our success here at Volume Chevrolet is our employees. With Our team is everything. You know, We take care of them, we pay them well, we treat them good, so they stay and in return they take care of our customers and we have a lot of repeat business. So the key to entrepreneurship is just being involved. Holly and I are here every day. We're extremely involved in the day-to-day -day operations and very involved in the community as well. All right, yeah, that sounds like it's pretty, it ran pretty well. Um, what obstacles have y'all faced 
in just, I guess, just starting the business or during the business? Our business started in Barnesville, and our biggest obstacle was getting people, getting our name out there and getting recognition and having people drive 25 miles out to the country to come look at cars. Well, it seems like y'all uh, y'all got the name out there. So how did y'all overcome those challenges? We overcame those obstacles by hiring an awesome team and getting involved in building our reputation in the first five years we were open and eventually leading up to building a new facility, which was the end game here on 75 in Forsyth. All right, yeah, good employees. That's, that's always good, I guess. Uh, so that's pretty much everything related to it, uh, your business, other than what is your favorite model of Chevrolet? The Suburban is my favorite model of Chevrolet. I love the room that it provides and the cargo area is a necessity for when we travel. I can't argue with that. I've got its little brother, the Tahoe myself. So uh, yeah, that's a pretty good one. How do y'all contribute to the Mary Persons and Forsyth community together? We are the title sponsor for the Monroe County Chamber for Scythia Festival. We also sponsor many other events throughout the year. We feel that if you don't support locally and promote the businesses, then people will continue to travel to Macon or McDonough or other areas taking their money out of Forsyth. We also started the Teacher of the Year program with Monroe County Schools, providing the county's Teacher of the Year with a Tahoe to drive throughout the school year, and we also provide them with an all-expenses-paid trip. Our educators are very important, and we love to show them our appreciation for all they do. Also, starting with the 2022 graduating class, we will be awarding three scholarships to three deserving seniors. Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools.